Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life with Bubba Pauly, the owner of the Mad Parts Kawasaki team. And he's got some uh, really good riders on, on there, Joan Cross and Freddie Norton and John Short. And uh, he's dealing with an injury himself that he's going to talk about that uh, may or may not gross you out. Thank you to folks at FXR Racing. Pulp MX30 is the code to save with FXR Racing. Uh, whether it's uh, the Club MX guys, Brock Tickle, um, you've seen tons of guys wearing the FXR Racing. The, 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 I, you know what? I really like the look of the Tyler Honda guys, Hicks and uh, Henry Miller this year. Good-looking FXR gear on that stuff as well. So thank you to the folks at FXRRacing.com for all that they do for this podcast and all they do for helping out privateers. Pulp MX30 is the code to save with those guys. Casual wear. Uh, I just found out they got fishing stuff. I'm not a fisherman at all, but I guess their fishing stuff's really good. I think the code works for their fishing stuff. I don't know. FXR fishing, though, bro. Catch the fever. Race Tech as well. Uh, they will take your crappy WP Air Forks, turn them into a spring conversion kit. They will revalve your Showa KYB, whatever it is. They'll help you out. Thanks to the folks at Race Tech. Motor work, too. Uh, they'll, 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 they got great motor work stuff. They do the solitaire guys, motors, and they do uh, other teams as well. Get your bike some love. If nothing else, get your oil changed, all right? Show your bike some love. Get your oil changed, and uh, they'll help you out with a code. Tell them you listen to Pulp, and you can save with Racetech, Racetech.com. I want to thank the folks at Namira, Seat Concepts, Zools, Maxis, and, uh, and Namira as well. Thank you to the folks at Firepower, of course. They have oil now made by a leading OEM manufacturer. They got chains made in Japan. They got Featherlight lithium batteries that have supported a lot of privateers, uh, whether it's the uh, K. Clayson guys or whether it's Starling or whatever. The, uh, the firepowerparts.com team have you dialed in. Mason Kerr is a big supporter of that as well. So thank you to the folks at firepowerparts.com um, for more information. Check them out. They got a whole line of hard parts there, and uh, they're doing big things. Thank you to RoostMX. Pulp Nation is the code to save at RoostMX.net. 48-hour turnaround, graphics, numbers, pitch shirts, canopies, wraps. they got e-bike wraps as well. Uh, please check out RoostMX.net. they got a whole Pulp Nation section on their website, of course, and the code Pulp Nation saves with RoostMX.net. Great graphics company down there in Georgia doing good work, Chris and Christina. So they've been supporting the races for a long, long time. Thank you to them as well uh, for uh, supporting this podcast and FXR and Race Tech, of course. All right, here's Bubba Pauly and I talking about his injury, his team, Feld, and other stuff. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, as promised off the top on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life podcast, a man who's uh, making it happen out there and doing big things uh, with his team with some, some really good riders, and it's grown, and it's cool to see, but unfortunately might be a while till we see Bubba Pauly back on the track again. What's up, Bubba? How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Just enjoying the outside time right now in the beautiful Midwest. Yeah, I can hear the birds chirp. It makes for a very peaceful podcast, so that's great. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, I guess let's update. Uh, we've been following you on social media. Uh, you lost your part of your thumb. Uh, take us where that was and what happened and, and the aftermath of that. Uh, so that was uh, going on five weeks ago now. We were at Indianapolis, and... Uh, it was the second qualifying practice in the opening lap, and I uh, just lost my front end out. My hand was still on the handlebar, and I don't know if it was a combination of the handle or the the dirt being so soft there, or just like where my hand was gripped on the bar. But flat 90 degree corner front end washed out and just stuck into the ground. My hand never came off the bar, and uh, my glove was actually still on the bike uh, with part of my thumb in it. Uh, when I got up, you know, I kind of went forward over the handlebars and I guess it was just like a, a pinching motion and 
peeled the yeah took half of my thumb off and took a tendon out from up into my elbow area that just came straight along with it so it's your right it was, one uh left hand left oh left hand okay so yep. wait that's all you did to to have that injury yeah it was kind of disappointing because i'm just like i sitting in the hospital and i'm just like man this could have happened in the pits you know with the door slamming shut from the rental car or something you know like yeah uh it was like I would have rather had you know like a big racing mistake or something you know so it was it so, kind of hurt that side of me like mentally just knowing it was just like something so basic and it you know potentially could you know be a yeah a big deal yeah so okay so your left hand turn flat turn you, you you wash the front end the bars go into the ground your hand is still on the handlebar. I, I don't get it, man. I don't see the phys- – I'm doing the physics in my hand right now as I'm crashing, like if you could see me. I don't – and so and you went forward, but I guess because the hand was stuck in the dirt, it was so soft, your hand didn't I, – I, yeah, I'm so, I'm so like, lost here, how, how this happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it was a combination of, like I said, the dirt yeah. being soft. Obviously the handlebar went into, into the, the dirt. Yeah. Um, you know, that typically doesn't happen. Typically, you know, if we wash the front end, you kind of slide or, mm-hmm. or whatever, maybe stick a little bit. Uh, but there was dirt packed in the hole where my hand was and, and on the handlebar and everything and, and the glove. So, obviously, we run our, our uh, clutch perch and everything and, and yeah. the kill switch and stuff close to the grip. So, you know, I'm sure that probably had something to do with it, too. That or there was maybe a little rock or something. Mm-hmm. With it. Um, but definitely, my hand never came off the bar. And uh, like I said, wow. it was the slowest part of the track. Yeah. Pretty frustrating to have it happen that way. And the ligament? What happened to the, the ligament that attached to your thumb? That goes up your elbow? Yeah, so that was all the way up in, like, the pit of my elbow. Um, and that's the range that allows your uh, top knuckle and your thumb to pivot down. Um, it just pulled it straight out. It kind of felt like I got, like, a somebody shot me with a nail gun. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it just ripped it from the muscle. So that was actually hanging out of my glove. It was still on a motorcycle when the flagger picked it up, and oh, then the, oh my God. I saw the tendon because I felt it, and I saw the tendon hanging out of there, and I was like, oh, no, and, and I had, like, you know, there was some blood squirting out from my hand, so I hurried up and just applied pressure to it, and I was, like, kind of sat back, and I'm like, I'm not moving because if I stand up and mm-hmm. pass out, how long is it going to take before somebody realizes I'm bleeding? Uh, so, yeah, when it was, like, squirting blood, I'm like, this is not good. The bone was just all ripped apart and everything, so... Um, and, uh, you know, I was obviously trying to get attention because yeah. the flagger that was there just, you know, oh, hey, just a little crash in the turn. Yeah. Like, get up, get up. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, no, wait, just a minute. Um, Jeez, uh, that's crazy. And so they – did they ambulance you to um to the hospital or did you were able to make it? Yeah, so that um, – yeah, they read once – the Alpine Star guy got over there. I don't remember which one it was. Dr. Ryman was on staff that weekend, and yep. he was in the, the mule. And so it was on the the f- closest point in the Indianapolis floor to where the medic truck is and the ambulance are stationed. So they, you know, once he hurry up and saw, mm-hmm. um, I think the flagger was actually standing on my glove because he didn't realize what happened. Oh. It fell off the bar. And I'm like, part of my thumb is in my glove. <laughs> and he's like, where is it? And I'm like, you're standing on it. He's like kicking it around as he's looking for it. <laughs> um, which obviously the guy had no, you no. know, it, yeah. it was just an accident. But, you know, I'm sure once he realized that, he probably felt bad. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, so the doctor is there, the medic, and, he said, you know, red flag it because I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to move and take pressure off of that where mm-hmm. it was bleeding. So, 
Um, so they had to get me across the track and the mule was right there. So they stabbed me on the back of it. Um, again, I'm just still holding pressure and it was a straight line directly to the ambulance. Um, and I hear Ryman on the, in the radio, they get the hand surgeon on the line at the hospital. Uh, we're going to need to do surgery, you know, ASAP, um, urgent transport to, or rapid transport to the hospital. And I was just like, my heart kind of sank when, when I was hearing that. Cause I'm just like, Oh no. And I saw the tendon. Of course I didn't know what tendon it was and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, if I lose my thumb at this point in the career, like, yeah, it's probably over. And, uh, you know, it's just like, this is the last time I'm going to be on the floor of a super cross track. And yeah. so that was, you know, pretty emotional for me, uh, especially knowing that it was such a small craft. Um, Dude. so yeah. it was, a straight line. I don't even think the mule had to make a turn. I think it was just like right. a straight line to the to the ambulance there. They got me on there, got an IV in on a stretcher. And I mean, it was, I would be surprised if it was five minutes before I was lights and sirens to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is it a was good incredible. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I was, you know, I was telling the doctors at the hospital and the nurses and stuff, you know, cause they're asking what happened. And I told them that and everybody was mind blown. Um, how like the resources that we have at the races with the Alpine stars and the doctors and, you know, just all the medics and, and the crew and everything. And, um, I was telling those guys that this weekend at Indian or Atlanta, because it was the first race I came back to, I stopped mm-hmm. in and, and visited them and they were very grateful to hear that. And it, you know, it really gave me a, a bigger appreciation for the resources that we have at the races. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes they get heat from different people and stuff, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's pretty cool when you see, a you know, outside the industry people and they're just mind blown on what we have there available. So that was, you know, amazing. And then obviously I got to the hospital and, um, they did a surgery. It was probably about an hour, I think, by the time the surgeon got in there and they got prepped for surgery and it was a seven hour surgery trying to reattach it. Um, so of course, you know, I woke up the next morning and, um, you know, they had pins in it and everything and leeches started eating on me and it was just, a fun ride from there <laughs> wow seven hours huh um yep and so how yeah i saw the social media with the leeches it was totally grossed me out i know they did that kind of stuff but i didn't know like i've seen it in action um and so where are they did they call it a success or like uh, where are you at right now how, how is it well so they did you know they did the surgery reattached it and they tried to get you know you had a main artery up in the tip of your uh tip of your thumb there to get the blood flow through there so they had to reattach that um, and everything was very small and they were, they were barely able to get it going through there. So the leeches were, the blood was flowing in, but it wasn't flowing out. So they were okay. using leeches to pull the blood out. Oh. Um, so I had a leech on me. I was in the ICU, uh, for five days and they moved me to a normal room for a couple mm-hmm. days. Um, all this just for handles in there a total of eight days, which was, you know, to me it was pretty crazy. For but, the dumbest um, crash ever, for the dumbest yeah. crash ever, you, this is what's happening. This is, this is what keeps going through my mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to another rider, RJ Reyes, who was in there, and he had a, a lacerated liver and some broken ribs and stuff like that. And he was out of the hospital before me. Yeah. Uh, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And so, but every hour they were putting leeches on my hand and taking them off, and mm-hmm. I mean, twenty four seven, and just to keep the pulse in it. And in the, in the uh, as soon as they changed the interval, they went to three or four hour. I think mm-hmm. um, right away I lost the pulse. And at that point it was like, okay, like this isn't going to live, you know? So they they kept me a couple more days and they went back to every hour. And, um, I mean, I was sleeping with leeches on me, you know, they unstick and they crawl off. I woke up one time with it in my hair, (laughs) you know, squirming around on my my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. I had this big, uh, 
like kind of a giant sleeping bag that they it's called a bear hugger it's heated and they mm-hmm. put that on me because they got to keep it warm and try to keep the blood flowing and everything so um and i was on a ton of blood dinner so like every time i would try to stand up i'd just pass out yeah yeah because they want the, <laughs> so, they want the blood to flow so they thin you thin it out i guess right yeah yeah so i mean i was getting four shots a day and taking an aspirin on top of that so um the heparin shots they were giving me was um you know when i was laying down i felt fine but i'd stand up and i was just like all right time to go to sleep oh, <laughs> so um so yeah the you know by that point they were eight days they're like okay well obviously this isn't realistic we can't send you you know in the real world with this happening you know with leeches so mm-hmm. you know like we'll see what it does and you know so i i had a, a very good hand surgeon that i had connections with here in st louis and um so we got home eight days later uh the next day i saw the hand surgeon here and as soon as i went in he's like we got it was black and yeah. it was just, it was, it died. So, uh, so they scheduled the surgery. I think that was on a Friday. He's like, it was really, I mean, it needs to happen quickly, but he goes, you know, it, it's not an emergency. Um, he goes, it's not going to kill you if it stays on there a couple days. So right. they, it was a Friday. So they scheduled it, uh, the next, uh, early in the week. And mm-hmm. it was actually my birthday when I went in for surgery. Uh, and they took it off and yeah, I think that was three-hour operation um and it was pretty it was a lot more complex than i thought they had to do a muscle tissue graft for my index finger and rewire it over to my thumb and they did a skin graft to cover up the other part that they moved it around so my index finger right now actually has more damage than my thumb as far as mm-hmm. uh movement and stress and trauma and everything so you know i had the initial injury and then two surgeries within two weeks all in one part of my hand yeah and, it it was you know i just kind of took it all for granted i'm just like it's not a big deal and it's like you know i get my post-op dressing off two weeks later and it's like my hand's still swollen and it's like just hurts and it's like the feeling is all mixed up from the nerve transfer and everything so when i touch my thumb i feel it in my index finger and uh (laughs) it's it's kind of it's creepy the first time i noticed it was uh almost threw up i was was eating because my fiance was pushing on checking the checking the blood flow in it and I, I thought she was pushing on my index finger and i'm just like what are you doing and i like look at it i'm just like oh my god yeah <laughs> wow wow that would yeah that would be so freaky yeah uh, but they, they said my brain will kind of rewire that so yeah, you know yeah. we'll see what see what it does so time. i mean obviously the question is are you ever going to race again and, and 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 i guess we don't know but this could be it yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I think, far-fetched to say that I wouldn't. Um, you okay. know, for me, I don't, I, I, I want to end on my own terms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just turned 30 uh, the day of my surgery. So, <laughs> obviously, the end is uh, much closer than the beginning, for sure. So, yep. I'm aware of that. But, um, you know, I, if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, Jesse Nelson was winning races, right, with the freaking, with no thumb at all, just a prosthetic. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, and, and people go through much worse. And obviously, you know, I've had my fair share of injuries, too. And obviously, this is just the most unique one. But, yeah. you know, between the nerve damage and, you know, if it was any other finger other than my, my thumb, I wouldn't even question it. But Yeah, um, yeah, your thumb's important. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the there's just I mean even like the web space between my thumb and my index finger it's much less now because they had to stretch everything so much and all that so oh yeah um, true right sure you know, like I can't like right now like in therapy I'm like trying to pick up a water bottle and it's just like I just like push it straight off the table so yeah um 
so it's it's definitely frustrating but obviously i need to be patient day by day and mm-hmm. you know it's it gets better each day um so we'll see you know when i get when it comes time to get on a motorcycle um you know i'll be able to ride absolutely uh, i mean there's yeah. people that ride with one arm you know yeah, but it's yeah. like no, super fast sure. professional level is a whole nother deal so um you know when when i go get on the motorcycle you know it's like you don't i don't even know what the nerve pain is gonna feel like you know that could be something that mm-hmm. you know catches me off guard or it could be no problem at all um so we'll you know we'll see uh but I, like i said i definitely don't want to you know if i if i had to end my pro racing career on on an injury that you know i could come back even if it's very hard like i want to end on my own terms and you know, i think most guys feel that way and the thumb right now so it's it's the knuckle down that you have or below the knuckle? Yeah, they out. took it yeah. just just below the the knuckle, um, the middle part of your thumb. So, right. and right. then they put some tissue and stuff over that. So, oh. Um, oh, yeah. but the bottom knuckle that actually pivots like from your hand is there's there's not much movement there at all. So that's kind of frustrating, you know, just because it's like sure. you're just kind of like stabbing at stuff when you try to move it. And, but there's still a lot of swelling and scar tissue and stuff. So mm-hmm. we're working at it. I mean, it's been. Uh, I don't know, coming on two and a half weeks in surgery or three weeks in surgery. So, uh, yeah, three weeks. And, uh, you know, so we still got, like I said, little by little each day. But I'm like your average dumb motocross racer that just wants to be like, okay, let's go now. Yeah. Let's screw it. You know, yeah. like, I just, cast off, let's go. <laughs> like you said, Jesse did it without one. I just, I, I think about grip in the whoops. You know, I think about grip if you, if you, um, come up short on something all that kind of important stuff you know what i mean but uh but yeah. like you said yeah maybe there's a possibility it, it'd be nice to to recover uh come out in 2024 race some races see how it goes you know what i mean like you said end it on your terms if you can't yeah. ride how you want to or whatever but at least you can get around a super cross track you know so yeah for sure and obviously you need know, to be smart you know if it's like you said leading towards other injuries and stuff you know that's not you know, if this happened when I was 20 or 21 or something, it's like everybody, it's like, you don't even care. You'd go out and get hurt again and not even think twice about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but now, you know, it's like, you know, older you get, the more experience you have and you become a little wiser and stuff as a racer. And it's like, you know, Hey, like these moves are going to lead to this and yeah. that's not worth it at this point. So, no. um, you know, so I guess, uh, it's too bad we not racing until our forties, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. JB uh, almost did it. So. Yeah, no, and he did. Uh, Bubba Pauly on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. Thank you to the folks at Maxxis Tires, of course, MXSTs, used by our another privateer, our buddy A-Ray, and uh, mountain bike tires, light truck tires, trailer tires. If you haven't thought about Maxxis for a set of tires for a long time, then please check them out. Uh, they do good things and uh, work really well out there. And, like, McGrath uses it, so it's got to be good. Uh, thank you to Maxxis. Thank you to the folks at Namira as well. The Namira Invictus Speed Crew is out there with uh, Hardy, who really let me down in Pulp Fantasy, by the way, in Atlanta, but we're not going to hold it against Namira. For over 20 years, Namira has been pushing the limits of value and reliability in the world of engine components. Whether you're restoring your 80s race bike or rebuilding your 450 motor for A1, Namira has what you need. Full line of casts and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, and more. Follow them on Instagram for giveaways. Namira Invictus Speed Crew hitting the track near you. Um, let's, let's focus on some more positive things, shall we, um, Bubba? Yeah. If we can. Uh, we did one of these uh, with you in Salt Lake City, I believe, during those COVID races, and we kind of dove into your team and and the growth of it and you you know being a racer team owner well you you stepped it up this year you got john short you got freddie norn i don't know whether you got cartwright or not we'll talk about that later but you you've got a a really good crew there you picked up john cross your your buddy that was with you for a while mad parts kawasaki 
uh, dude, you're like, yeah, it looks like you're expanding your effort. Looks like you're putting more work into things. How, how how's the team going? How how's it working out for you? It's really good. Uh, a lot of things changed this year. Um, kind of unfortunate things, but you know, blessing in disguise. You know, we lost uh, our transportation a couple weeks before the season, and uh, the dealership, uh, Jonesboro Cycle, MapCars.com, they ended up, you know, getting uh, basically letting us use a, a toter home garage coach, uh, you know, for the season, which is a, a nice replacement and step up uh, from that. So, you know, that was a big challenge right before the season started and just growing and, um, you know, getting John short and, and Freddie Norton, you know, that's a big step for, mm-hmm. for our program as well, you know, uh, but the growth, you know, for me racing, it's always been just take the next step, take the next step, you know, it's going to take some time to get to that point, but obviously, you know, my main goal for this is to give myself the resources to go racing and work together as a team. And uh, this isn't exactly what I originally envisioned, but um, I just saw opportunity. I'm like, hey, you know, like every other, again, stubborn motocross racer, it's like you always want to be better. So it's like we're doing something, let's be better. And each year, you know, it's manageable growth. Um, You know, got a good crew behind us, a lot of good sponsors and the riders and just good people. You know, John and Freddie are really good teammates to have. They have a high standard. Uh, which I want, you know, that they expect, you know, good stuff. They expect good results. They expect a good crew and good presentation and Mm -hmm. professional actions and everything. So, um, you know, I, I really like that, you know, a couple of years ago, I actually talked to them and it, you know, wasn't the right place at the right time, but you know, this year, uh, you know, ended up with both of those guys. So, um, super blessed to be, you know, riding and, and, uh, right alongside those guys. Um, you know, so it's, it's been, uh, you know, a long time coming, but the growth's been, you know, like I said, it's been manageable each year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always challenges and stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know. It's like you start one thing and you realize it takes, you know, a lot more effort <laughs> than you originally uh, had yeah. planned. But you live and learn and, just, you know, keep going with it. Yeah, it, it's got to be a challenge, like you said, um, financial and, and, and logistical and everything else. Um so what what is the biggest problem you face? Just just money, just like just trying to get all the bills paid. I imagine like guys like Short and Fred, Short and uh, Fred are are basically like, hey, we we'll get your bikes parts set up. You know what I mean? I don't know if you pay them a small travel stipend or something, but um, what's the biggest issue you face? Um, you know, a lot of people would say money. Of course, money's always a stress, but right. for me, I've always taken the approach to never pressure any sponsor partner into any situation on what portion they're funding of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like, Hey, what's reasonable for you? What do you want to do? And let's find something that, that meets, you know, meets in the middle really. And at the end of the day, everybody's happy. You know, you kind of under promise and over deliver with that. Mm-hmm. I, I run a pretty tight budget. Uh, I, I saw that. I think you did that article with a couple of privateer guys doing their own program. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't get a chance to read that, but I was very interested, and I, I was like, I need to get my hands on that and see what those guys are saying. But uh, for me, everything's very well planned out. You know, our budget lines. You know, I, I, I believe I have forty, maybe forty-three, forty-four budget lines. Uh, you know, it's always growing every year. We're adding more areas and splitting things up to try to figure out and manage it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, a lot of sponsors you know will pay monthly or you know a couple times throughout the season or, yep. or whatever it might be so you got to plan for that as well and then of course there's always unexpected expenses um so yeah finances are always a stress you know whether it's a couple of years ago or now you know i plan for it i know exactly what we have mm-hmm. you know as long as everybody delivers we're fine 
Um, but it's just those unexpected things, you know, uh, you know, John will call me, you know, on Tuesday when I'm working on one you think I was like, okay, all right, I got to jump on that. You know, yesterday we were working on a plan to, uh, you know, John really wants to go race outdoors with us and, uh, uh-huh. our plan wasn't to do outdoors and, you know, now, you know, had some sponsors that were interested and stuff. So it's like, well, Hey, what can we do? And so I was supposed to go through and, and get a budget figured out for that and see if that's something we can put together. And, uh, as soon as I sat down on the computer, I got a phone call from, uh, Juwan Cross and, and, uh, the one mechanic there in Pennsylvania and they got shut down by a DOT officer. Um, cause our truck, which is licensed and registered and plated as an RV, um, because technically it is mm-hmm. um they, they said it needs to be a commercial so uh that Jeez. consumed the rest yeah. of my day yesterday yeah. i mean yeah, it I was until that was about noon and i was on the phone until 11 o'clock last night um just trying to get that sorted out and uh you know turns out how you interpret the law and that officer interpret interpreted it yeah. what we were doing different so that was frustrating you know the guys had to sit there and wait in a parking lot you know for 10 hours before they could drive again and then everything figured out to where it's like just go because you know we're following the law yeah. that officer just said we weren't so sure. um but uh you know so like unexpected things like that you know like i was supposed to do one thing yesterday and then all of a sudden it's like a completely different topic yeah. that came out of nowhere so, oh, geez. right uh so it's like okay push that back and we'll work on the budget tomorrow so right um and all these things it's crazy to me because you know, it's very organic growth with the team. You know, each yeah, year seems it's like just it. like right. add a little bit more, add a little bit more. When I got hurt this year, it's the first time that I haven't been at a race since February of 2015. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and the only race that I missed was Daytona last year. I tore my ACL and then I picked it back up the next weekend and raced uh, uh, Detroit. So I had 104 consecutive races up until that point. Um, which Tomac was the only one more than that, you know, of actual mm-hmm. races attended. So that was, that was a pretty cool, uh, you know, feat that I, I didn't know Clinton Fowler told me that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, and yeah. then when I hit a hundred and a couple of races later, I tore my ACL the day before I missed the race. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, it's like, this is the first time of any of this where I haven't been racing and, and doing this. So it's like, I've slowly been adding on tasks and things to do, yeah. you know, daily, while I'm going racing and as soon as I got hurt, you know, I'm sitting and I realized very quickly, it's like, wow, I have a full-time effort into this and I'm not even, you know, I was doing all that in racing. I was like, what was I doing? You know, like, uh, but you don't realize it cause it's just like, you're slowly adding pieces on and all of a sudden it's like, well, this is what it takes to go racing. And really it's what it takes to run a team, not really for me to go racing. So, um, the big eye opener for me, you know, I need to sort things out a little differently and, uh, you know, just kind of, plan a little different to make sure you know next year to get back to racing you know that i have people in place to, to manage more of those things and everything like that you know but i mean i have a ton of help i can't say that there's not but it's just like i was taking yeah. way too much myself well that's i was that's one of the things i have written down here was maybe this injury is a bit of a blessing in disguise because you can focus on the logistics of the team and the problems and the issues and you know what i mean like you're just yeah, yeah it I mean, a little bit helps you a little bit that way yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's like I said, it's like slowly but surely and, and realistically, like mm-hmm. as the team's grown, to be completely honest, like my results have gone down, you know, it's like <laughs> right. I haven't made a 450 main event in a few years and it's just like in New York is actually the last one that I made. Uh, and that was super frustrating. And it's like, you know, of course, everything happens every year, but it's like, really, you know, uh, I was getting some momentum going with that. And it's like when things are growing, it's like, OK, you know, hey, the, 
resources are better on the team. We got better bikes, you know, better parts, mm-hmm. you know, better, more expenses covered, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, you know, and it, all that effort goes in there, but slowly, but surely my performance has been dropping off. And I feel like as a rider, I'm more experienced, I'm smarter and just like everything like that. Cause you know, just over time you build that experience. But, um, so it definitely, it's a blessing in disguise, you know, more aware of, you know, what I need to focus on, what I need to change. Obviously I don't know exactly how to change that, but it's a work in progress. Sure. So, um, you know, and then not racing now, I, so I missed, uh, I didn't go to Detroit. I was still in the hospital. Um, and then Seattle, I had a surgery and then it was, uh, the doctor didn't want me on the plane cause the van was reconstructed and stuff, pressure changes, whatever, yep. uh, for Phoenix, he said, don't, don't travel. So then I was like, okay, so I can go to Atlanta. He's like, yeah, you're probably good now. I said, okay. So I went to Atlanta. Um, I didn't really know, you know, it was my first time going to a race in this, you know, position and not racing and i didn't really know what to expect obviously i was gone for you know a couple weeks and the guys did a good job but uh i think every one of them said it like things are different when i'm not there and i was like well i was just racing before just doing everything that i thought needed to be done but um you know it's like on race day on those other weekends and friday you know it's like pretty much on the phone all day with you know between every person yeah just little questions and guidance and things like that like they trust me and, and things like that so um you know, so I didn't know what to expect going this weekend. And I was like, oh, hey, let's get things organized. Uh, we lost one of the mechanics in the process. Um, it was actually mechanic. He was, uh, went home to France for the break, and they wouldn't let him back in the country oh, um, yep. due to some visa issues. And so that was fun. So I had to fix that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, uh, which we had good help come in. Chris Cole helped Freddie this, this weekend. He's going to, uh, he's been a lot of races with him. So, going to help them out uh the rest of the season so you know um so we got good people there you know but uh but still like i said i didn't know what to expect going to the race um and i quickly realized my role right now obviously is represent sponsors but do whatever i can for the riders and mechanics Mm -hmm. and anybody involved to to have their best days you know it's like constantly just asking you know what do you guys need what do you guys need what Mm -hmm. do you guys need how can we fix this what can be better you know it's like um, you know, race day seems a lot longer when you're not racing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot longer. I, I, I understand totally. I, I bet it's a totally new role for you. Like you said. Um, so when you get a John short or Freddie Nolan, who are main event guys, um, are you, are you offering uh Hey, you can keep your, you can keep, you have a clothing deal. Um, I see that. So do you uh-huh. say to the guys, Hey, I'll, I'll pay your travel and you keep all your purse and contingency. How, how do your how do your riders set up that way? If you don't you don't have to tell us numbers or anything, but how's it set up? If yeah, these yeah. guys get 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 taken care of. Yeah, so uh, obviously there's you know everything's kind of labeled you know I guess safety regards you know it, it's all bonus stuff. Yep. Um, you know they get some travel money and um, obviously like performance bonuses which start off pretty easy and then mm-hmm. the purse contingencies everything like it's a hundred percent theirs. Um, so. You know, those guys, obviously, you know, they they had to like what they see and, and you yeah. know, so, you know, to get both those guys in the same year, you know, was a good step. You know, they could yeah. do their own program riders. and they wrote yeah. for good teams, yep. you know, so it's like, um, you know, it's an honor to be able to, you know, work to a point to for those guys to be even be interested. Um, so that was, you know, that's pretty cool. And then obviously I'm a racer. Uh, you know, I do this to go racing, obviously. And I understand, you know, sometimes that teams say certain things, their sponsors want to do things a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it kind of sucks for the rider. Um, so that was a big thing, you know, kind of a 
core principle for me from the very beginning. You know, it's like, hey, like riders first. Yeah. Um, you know, they're the guys that are going out there. And, you know, I, I don't like saying risk in their life, but, you know, there's a lot on the line. Um, and it's still really good and everything towards our whole life. And, you know, some teams that, you know, I, I see it constantly. They, they don't see it that way. You know, it's like, well, it's in our best interest. You know, okay, you have to do this. You know, it's like, um, so it's, it's hard sometimes because obviously you have certain obligations and certain things you got to stand behind. But, um, at the end of the day, you know, it's like mm-hmm. what's in the best interest for the writer. You know, yeah. That's, no, that's I, I think if, you know, you've done this a number of years, your reputation's pretty good in the pits. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that have come through your program and people can make phone calls and you're still running it. You know what I mean? Um, so obviously you're, you're doing what you say, you say what you do. Right. Um, so I think that's all you can ask for as a writer that, Hey, hey, man, I don't, you know, here's what it is, and there's no extras. I'm also not going to promise you the moon. This is what it is, you know, and I think there's, mm-hmm. there's value to that uh, and, then, and then backing up what you say, you know. So um, I'm interested in your, your gear. Uh, it's a custom – it's one of those custom stuff like a canvas, right? Uh, who is it that does your stuff? Uh, uh, circuit Equipment. Uh, okay. They're based out of Brazil. Uh, okay. They also have the headquarters over in Italy, but – um, no, it's, it's not actually custom. I mean, oh, it's our not? jerseys and stuff oh, are, I thought it was. are all okay. sublimated. Um, so, so uh, how do you, I mean, how do you get that? How do you, I, I was going to ask you about it. Like, how do you get, make that connection and, and make that work? Yeah. So it, it's interesting cause it, it kind of goes along the same format of how I kind of, you know, how we started the team and grew, grew the team, uh, just very organically uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Juwan Cross is riding for us and, mm-hmm he had a connection with, uh, with somebody over there and, uh, they supported us. We just had to run their hand guards and, uh, I think a disc cover were the only obligations that year. Um, uh, and then this was three years ago. And then last year, uh, you know, they liked it. You know, some, some movement in the U S and get their brand established here. And, you know, they wanted to, you know, move, you know, slow, but be smart when they didn't want to go all in right away. Um, so, you know, they said, well, let's get some representation here. And then they got an importer, um, and then they're working to get distributors and they got some dealerships set up, uh, our, you know, Jonesboro cycle is with us, you know, they're, uh, they're a dealership for mm-hmm. them now. They still stock the product and everything. So, um, so then last year they were like the second title spot on the team and then they really wanted us in the gear so they could mm-hmm. market us all the way through hard parts of their main line and they, and they use the gear. Uh, obviously they sell and market the gear as well. But, oh, uh, so they're tied together. I didn't know this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty big in Europe. Um, you know, they have some big teams. I think it's JWR Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, they have last year uh, the GPs, and then they do the factory TM stuff for all the Enduro stuff, everything. Um, uh, and then they do a lot of OEM parts for, uh, like, plastic hard parts and stuff for, for TM. Uh, some other brands at South America, they do some like headlights, handguards, and stuff for Honda and Yamaha. So they, they do a lot more than, than people realize. Obviously, those things are, you know, kind of unbranded stuff, but their quality of their product is unbelievable. Um, it You know, people see it, and they're like, wow, this stuff's good. Um, so, but they're, they're, they're smart with their moves. Like I said, this year they wanted us in the gear. Um, mm-hmm. They knew we were trying to get, you know, some higher-profile riders, some bigger names and stuff, and they really wanted to be a part of that. Um, so, you know, they kind of stepped down on the title sponsor spot on the team, but then, you know, moved up in the gear and that was a bigger value for them and it was a better sure. for us as well. So, um, you know, it was a couple of years in the making to get, to get, to get us in the gear mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, but working with those guys, are awesome. I mean, like, we run their, we run their grips, uh, hand guards, disc protectors, bike stands. They made some custom rugs for our, our oh, pit okay. area. Yep. 
um you know of course the gear they got chest protectors um you know they got a bunch of product um so it's 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 very very nice working with those guys you know it's like we're their star you know sure team and, and athletes and stuff so it's like their worldwide newsletter that they send out and they, i mean they sell on every continent but antarctica um and their their global newsletter they send out i forget how many there's it goes to every dealer and like they had an update on me for my injury and i was like for me seeing that i was like yeah you know like that that's kind of a big deal it makes you feel like you know hey you're a part of something where people care yeah and everything like that you know freddie's uh you know, Anaheim, and, you know, stuff. and it's like, there's big value. And obviously it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like, you know, you're appreciated and everything like that. No, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. If we run, you know, say you're just mainstream gear company and, you know, maybe, you're, you know, get whatever dollar from them and this and that, but it's just kind of like, you're not used for any marketing or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's kind of like, well, okay. Like, thanks. But just that extra value there is, you know, makes you feel good and appreciated and, and obviously that, you know, that they care and it's a two-way street for sure. Sure. So explain Cartwright's situation to me a little bit. He's ridden for you in the past. Uh, I did a pod, one of these epics are race tech suspension and privateer island pods with him earlier. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a support rider. I'm off to the side. Obviously he wears FXR stuff, so he doesn't use all your sponsors, but um yeah what's the cartwright situation bubba <laughs> <laughs> so um so if we backtrack uh Karna was with us in 21 yeah um everybody had you know knows that he you know had a good season that year um you know he was like i don't want to change anything i just want to keep moving forward you know he, he finished 10th at 250 east points mm-hmm. uh had his first top 10 in the 250 class i think a seventh was his best you know made the shootout and everything like he was just stoked and uh had a you know, letter of intent with him going into September, I believe. And, you know, didn't have a contract with him yet, but, you know, everything was ready to go. He didn't want to, he didn't show any change. And then he got approached by an individual from Ohio that promised him a bunch of money and yeah. told me, and I'm like, well, dude, I was like, if it's for the money, like, there's no way I can come close to that at all. Like, um, yeah, there's no way that everybody guy, knows. There's no way that guy came close to it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody knows how that turned out. So, um, you know, it was kind of like, well, you know, I told Logan, I'm like, Hey man, you know, do what you got to do. So, so, uh, you know, obviously we needed to find a, a third rider for what mm-hmm. we were planning. You know, it was kind of, it wasn't super late, but it was just enough to where it was like, eh, you know, and, and Carter reached out to me like during the summer already. And, you know, a, quite a few writers reached out to me, yeah. uh, just seeing what we had available. And, you know, I knew Josh before I know he's a good guy. And, you know, for me, it's about having, you know, good like-minded people around each other, you know, people that I know, people that I trust, you know, not some rock star or something, you know, which Logan kind of turned into a rock star since then, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Logan's a good friend of mine. So I can, say whatever about him but, um so you know I, I first person i called was cartwright you know i'm like hey that's what we're doing yeah. you know you're right you for the east coast you can do some 450 races as well if you want and he's like yeah you know that'll work out perfect you know so uh so we worked with cartwright in uh 22 you know he made some 250 main events uh you know it definitely wasn't his best season mm-hmm. um which you know i mean it was you know it was whatever you know you can't say anything about that he was trying and you know he's yeah, doing the main it just events didn't happen like for so, him right yeah yeah. Um, and then moving forward into, uh, 23, you know, obviously, you know, head writers calling and, you know, asking what we have available and this and that, you know, I was talking with John and Freddie and, you know, Josh didn't earn a two digit number last year. And, you know, John had some top tens and 
you know, winning 450 LCQs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was looking for a full-time 450 guy, not a 250 guy, because I didn't want to do 250 anymore. And at that point, Josh didn't really want to do the 450 class all year. Um, and then, you know, so I was kind of, you know, I straight up told him, I'm like, hey, you know, this is, this is what we're going to do. And, yeah, that's that's the, pl- uh, that's the plan, right. Yeah, you know, and then he's like, well, I'll do 450 all year. And I was like, well, okay, man, that's kind of where we're at. Um, so, but Josh, like, he's like, I really want to be a part of your program. Like, he's like, I love it, dude. He's like, it's the best program I've ever been a part of. And, you know, that guy's honored to hear that. You know, like I said, we're like, you know, close friends and everything, too. So I'm like, dude, I don't want to leave you hanging. And I was like, is there any way I can help out? And he's like, well, what can we do to kind of blend something together? And obviously for our operations, I'm like, dude, we can't afford to do four riders, you know, like that's not happening. Um, so I was like, you know, we can do some support stuff. You know, I said, you know, kind of work, get the a deal through the dealership, Jonesboro cycle, uh, on the motorcycles, you know, you get the bikes from them and, you know, we'll help you out with some parts and stuff. And, uh, I said, I'm going to need you to run our, our other two main sponsors, which is big buildings direct and Ronnie product company. And then of course, mad parts. And, you know, I said, have your setup look like ours, you know, mm-hmm. similar graphics. He runs top secret designs graphics as well. You know, same way out of the graphics and stuff. But, um, you know, I gave him basically, I said, Hey, you run the bottom half of the shroud, what we need in the top. I don't care what you do with oh, okay. here. I don't so, care what so, you do with. It's and, a neat thing to do. Yeah. Different. Yeah, you know, more or less just kind of help a friend out that, you know, he was like, he really wanted to be a part of it and this and that. And uh, so I told him, uh, you know, I said, well, hey, like, well, you know, we can probably do even more if you are willing to be a fill-in rider if one of us gets hurt. So that way we can still, like, ride away immediately on our, our contracts with everybody saying yeah. we have a three-rider or video team, like, never missing a beat. And his main sponsor and I think some other sponsors and stuff, they weren't like too fond of him potentially leaving, uh, which, you know, I understand. Obviously, they're investing into that. So um, so that wasn't an opportunity. So I was like, well, dang it. Um, And uh, so Rich Taylor, um, he was he kind of ended up doing a similar thing to Josh, except he wasn't racing full time season. Mm -hmm. He filled in for John Short when he had a baby in Seattle um came over rode the bike and everything like that so and we're transporting his bike as well uh which he got his bikes from jonesboro cycle and and all that so he kind of connected some dots and he's got a couple of our sponsors he's representing on his bike and stuff just for the agreement so yep um so so yeah we're helping those guys out and turns out josh is having like his best season ever like he's yeah he's riding great uh which he he says it's a big part of that he's just zero pressure because it, it, he's just there's he doesn't really have anybody to you know yeah. not that we put any pressure on him anyway and he said that he's just like and i just like just having so much fun he's like if i do bad i don't care i go home i don't have to say sorry to anybody you know it's like you know, never expect you to say sorry anyway i understand yeah but, yeah you're a racer you um, get it yeah yeah so um <clears throat> so basically um you know i tell josh this i'm like dude we claim you when you're doing good and then we don't when you do bad so <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's uh but like i said it, at the end of the day uh everybody and you, you said it, you know the guys you know they come and be part of the program it's like mm-hmm. they don't really leave like logan still comes and you know right. stay at my house and you know come well. and train with me and Juwan, you know uh we're like brothers i mean he came over to the u.s in 2019 and uh, pretty much lived together for six months every year. Um, so, uh, I went over there, spent some time with Europe and, and, uh, he's, a he's a, a very good friend, obviously is this year. Um, uh, he, he wasn't going to race and then he came, he decided he wanted to race. It was kind of last minute and we were already, you know, moving forward with other riders. And this was in like 
july august you know it's like i already had details and other riders going and he, at that point wasn't even gonna race again so um he decided he wanted to race in like mid late september or something and i'm like well dude we already got contracts ready for these guys so um but uh again i think we're better friends now that we're not oh, good you know yeah racing alongside each other and then of course sure. i get hurt and uh he was planning on coming to stay at my house and ride and train with me that week and, and go over to Detroit with us. So, uh, he came to visit me in the hospital right after my surgery. And I think it was maybe four hours after that surgery that night. In Indianapolis. And I wake up and, you know, talking with him, he's how I feel and stuff. And I'm like, I need to, you know, I've got to find a rider here. You know, I'm like, Mon, can you come over and run everything, ride the bike and yeah. fill my spot for the rest of the year. You know, he, he made the main event that night, uh, in Indianapolis. So yeah. that was his first of the season. So that was great. And he, um, he's written you, he's written for you before. So it's, everything's good. Yeah. 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 You know, so like I said, we're practically like brothers at this point. So, um, you know, it was like, you know, of course we had to negotiate and, you know, Hey, this is what we can do. And, you know, like we need you to pretty much just come in and, and do everything, you know, like you have to run everything all the way through. Um, you know, I can't be, can't really be flexible with one thing and not the other, you know? And, and he was like, he didn't have a lot going on at the moment. So, uh, he's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody was super understanding, you know, we just communicated with everybody, um, you know, his, he did on his side and, and we did. So we had to coordinate all the logistics. We had to get some gear printed for him. Um, yeah, top secret designs is local to us. Uh, they do our bike graphics and stuff. And he literally just took one of our jerseys and, uh, ironed on uh, Juwan's name over mine and number <laughs> and stuff so he could go race because we only had like two days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Circuit gear was all custom, so it's not like they had blank jerseys we could use. Uh, you know, I say custom, it was all sublimated. So um, <clears throat> so it was like, you know, we can't get that stuff done overnight. So we just hurry up and did that, got to the race, and the circuit sent some gear the next week and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, and he had to ride the bike, you know, of course he was on Kawasaki. I told him you can ride your bike or ride ours. The bike he was riding was basically all stock with, you know, just some yeah. components on it. And, and uh, I didn't so like his wheel. I didn't like his rim colors though. I really, I yelled at him for his rim colors. I'm like, come on, John. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he made the main event that night. So yep. I can't, I don't yep. maybe that was lucky That's what charm, he said. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you know, it was, uh, I was in the hospital, uh, just woke up from surgery you know, working business right away and trying to figure out how not to let people down, which nobody even expected that. They're like, just focus on yourself. Don't worry about that. But like I said, under promise and over, over deliver yeah. is kind of what I want to do. So, um, you know, he had to go ride the bike and we had to get all that stuff worked out. A lot of conversations we had and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he showed up at Detroit oh. and he wasn't, um, he wasn't really gelling with his know, other team. He was not happy over there. So, um, yeah, they had some issues yeah. and, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, so like I said, we were friends and, you know, I think I, I, I believe everything happens for a reason, whether it's good, bad or anything in between. And, uh, that's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. kind of way it happened you know he was down in the dump for a week or two about some stuff that was happening and um you know turns out he ended up with a good home and yeah. uh you know finished the season out with some good support so it's uh of course everybody knows what happened last week at atlanta um with the team and lcq and this uh, and that so those yeah. guys weren't too happy but <laughs> yeah um wow uh some of us really zero to zero real quick some of us really like promoted john short uh of your team for uh, pulp fantasy points so somebody you know <laughs> some of us really promoted that and then yeah joan and yeah yeah it was it was a rough lcq for the for the team uh yeah uh hey so um 
you've been on Cowies for a number of years now, and you know, again, you're running a pro a good program. You got some main event guys, some some real names, and you know, when you think about your worldwide exposure, and then you got Freddie Norn, like who's very popular all over the world, Sweden, and all that. Um, and I know, I, well, maybe you can tell me. I don't think Cowie itself, the OEM, is that interested in supporting teams like yours. Uh, they don't seem to be that way, anyways. Maybe you can correct me, but have you have you talked to Cowie or any OEMs about you know seeing what you've got and, and throwing you some a little bit of support? Like, uh, how's that end of things? Because I imagine you're buying the bikes now and at a discount and selling them and maybe making a little bit of money, but. Like it would be good for your program, obviously, to get some bikes and parts from somebody. Yeah, no, I mean Kawasaki's been been awesome. You know, we're with them for a reason, and uh, you know, we had some talks about potentially doing some other stuff with some connections from some different countries, you know, some riders and this and that that had some support from other manufacturers and stuff. But you know, none of it really made sense to do what we got with Cowie right now. But wait, Cowie, you know, Cowie OEM helps you. Um. Like yes and no. Okay. Uh, it's a very unique situation. Um, so the dealership that we go through, yep. um, you know, everything's kind of done through the Team Green sure. program, and and uh, you know they have a demo program with the bikes and stuff. So all our bikes are actually run through demo. Um, okay, so there is some then, some actual Team Green help here. Okay, all right. So I didn't yeah. I didn't think so. I did. That's why I was sort of because Cowie. I've yeah. talked to Cowie. I, I've I've talked to Cowie about this over the years. The racing guys, the you know the uh, the factory team there, and they're just like. They're like we have our win- race winners, and I'm always like, okay, but you know, what you know, you want main event guys, you know. So, anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's super important, you know. For me, it's always like with those things, it's like, okay, if you get no, then don't go ask again until you got some better stuff to talk about. Sure. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, Freddie won the LCQ at A1, and John was fourth, and you know, like obviously, you know, we talked about some further support, you know, getting some extra contingency or something like that. Yep. You know, they. They talked about it, and it, it didn't really go anywhere, I guess, with the timing or whatever the reason might have been. But, um, so, you know, we still get the standard contingency, which is way better than any other brand at the moment. So, um, you know, that's that's really good. But like I said, our, our bikes and everything are run through a thermal program with that, and the dealership obviously um, helps out a lot with that as well. And then, you know, when we're – you know, once we get some some results, get guys in the main events, you know, I see what we're doing. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of support from them this year uh, with personal stuff, uh, you know, to keep the bikes going and everything, um, mm-hmm. which saves us a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's been very nice. And, you know, and, and the parts manager at Jonesboro Cycle, Josh Foster, I mean, he, he helps out a ton too. So, you know, between those two guys, you know, it's like yep. we, we got what we need to go racing. And like I said, for me, if you ask for something and, you know, the answer's no or they're kind of beating around the bush to say no, it's like, well, don't ask again until yeah. you got something more to talk yeah. about. No, I, so, think, I think you, you know, uh, I think that's a great strategy. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, so it's like, okay, we got to go work harder and, you know, let's get something to mm-hmm. prove. And, um, you know, by uh, at one point, Freddie, I think, was 15th in points, um, you know, which was, you know, his best position in the yeah. season. And, uh you know, having Cartwright there, you know, making the main event, you know, out of out of the truck that we're going to the race and races with, you know, we got three of the Kawasaki's in the main event, which is, you know, yeah. pretty no. big deal. Listen, uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, most people in the pits and probably include the big wigs at Kawasaki just think Josh is on your team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, yeah, yeah, Cartwright's on mad parts. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it works out well. <laughs> um 
so yeah, I know, like I said, those guys been, been helping us out with some parts and, you know, sending, you know, basically whatever, whatever we've been requesting, you know, within reason, like yeah, I'm not going to go and say, Oh, Hey, we need uh, seven subframes and you know, yep. 20 clutches, you yep. know, it's like what some people do. And then they just say, no, like, Hey, this is what we need. We have one of these left. Can we get some spares? Good. And, you know, so, so there are, hey, where do we send them to? So good. I'm glad, um, you know, I, I, I came into this thinking that you didn't really get any help, but sounds like you do. And, and there's a relationship there. And, of course, people, uh, I think my listeners know, Kawasaki pays night show um, money. So that's why we see so many Cowies out there. So they are supporting privateers in, in you know, contingency and night show. So uh, that's good to see, too. Um, so it's it's uh, lots, to, lots to unpack here, uh, by the way, on the show. Thank you to the folks at Seat Concepts. They are proudly handmade and developed in the USA by true motorcycle enthusiasts. Seat Concepts offer a wide variety of seat options from stylish replacement covers to complete seats, seatconcepts.com, code is pulpamex 23 on-road or off-road, Seat Concepts has you dialed, proprietary foam formulation as well, and uh, Zool's bags, we know that traveling sucks, we know that uh, the flight delays and nonstop construction and kids crying, the last thing everybody wants to deal with is a broken handle, jam, zipper, or wonky wheel on their roller bag, uh, Zool, Z-U-L-Z, well, have you uh, dialed in? I've got some of their bags. Uh, they're born from an extensive background in the luggage and moto industry. Pulp 23 is a code to save at Zools. Help Zools uh, pack your passion. Pulp 23 is a code to save at Zools. Seat Concepts on, on board. Namira Pistons, Firepower, Maxxis, Roost MX, and, of course, FXR and uh, and Fly Racing. Um, uh, let me talk about Fred. Let's talk about Freddie for a second here, Bubba. Um, I'm a big Freddie Noren fan. He's been an X-Brand goggle guy forever, so I got to know him when I was doing that service. And uh, and obviously X-Brand a little part of your program too. But um, uh, Freddie seems, and from the outside looking in and from knowing him a little bit, Freddie seems like a pretty drama, trouble-free rider. Uh, true or false for you? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's anybody that, that you could say that more about than freddie he just uh, shows up he, he races then he leaves right yeah the yeah i would say houston lcq him and chiz got together in the last turn um <laughs> it was a win for the team either way because there was good coverage there and Jordan <laughs> ended up squeezing by and getting to the main event so um yeah that was that was bittersweet for sure but at least we still you know got in there uh, but Freddie was, was pretty, uh, obviously he was upset with that. And, you know, most people that see Freddie at the races know, you know, his wife and two little girls travel mm-hmm. with him a lot. And, uh, Stella, the two year old little girl, she had a little lightsaber. Uh, she was running around the pits. Of course, you don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Freddie's like, Oh, I just send, you know, we just send Stella over to, to Chiz's tent and, and she can take him with her <laughs> lightsaber. Like, so that's the most Freddie gets aggravated. Right. Um, <laughs> um, you know, of course he's like any racer, you know, he's can be hard on himself, but you, Freddie being hard on himself is not like close to anybody else's heart on themselves right so, right um yeah that was a big reason you know i wanted to work with him you know it's like he had a great reputation and he was down to earth and you know it's like he rode for factory teams and he's also you know done it on his own so he knows the balance and that's you know that means a lot yeah no it's uh it, it, i'm glad it's that, that part's working out really well for you um i wanted to touch on before we wrap this thing up here a little bit you come from a unique industry, a unique part of the industry. You're a racer, a privateer, and a team owner, right? And so this is dealing with Feld, 
uh, week in and week out and trying to, you know, get things better for yourself and your team, but working with them and in the constraints. You obviously know about this Bobby Piazza thing that's been going on um, this week, and it's it's unfortunate in my mind that Bobby's taken this route, and, and I don't get it. I'm the first guy to criticize Felder AMA if they rightfully deserve it. In this case, I think Bobby flew off the handle. I told him that, and, and I think he's going to end up uh, paying a price for it. But let me talk to you uh, as a guy that races and owns a team. Like, how is Fell to work with? How what, what do they need to do better? How have they been listening to you? How have they been supporting you? Um, what's your feelings on, you know, dealing with the race promoters and owning a team and racing? Um, well, first off, was there anything more than his Instagram video that he posted? Because I don't know exactly the whole story. I, I saw the video, but I don't know. Um, was there anything else done? Is he working on some campaign or something? Yeah, he's just putting out videos saying the security guard this and, um, you know, blah, oh, okay. blah, blah. Right. And, and Feld, you know, trying to hold him down and, you know, all this stuff where <laughs> I was like, hey, I said, Bobby, look, for three weeks or four weeks, they let you rev your bike and make money. And then this weekend it was really loud and it was interfering with everybody around you and they asked you to stop and you lost your mind. Like it's a reasonable request, you know? Yeah. So, um, no, I would. I yeah. heard the bike revving and we were like on, on the opposite end of the garage area there. And, you know, I was like, what's going on? I was like, that's really annoying. I'm going to go over there. Like, you know, if that was any closer, I would have went and told him to stop. Like, dude, yeah. we're trying to do stuff. Like, sell autographs, work on bikes, talk to people, debrief. Like, yeah. you know, let's be professional. But um, I, I like Bobby. He's a nice dude. Obviously, he's making some cash doing yeah. it. But yeah, no, I would have charged I, more because you blow your bike up and you got to put all that money in no, it. No, I know. Well, you can debate the, the intelligence of letting fans float your valves uh, on a bike you're <laughs> racing. Uh, but that's another story for another time. But like, yeah, like so. but I, I, you know, I look, I, like I said, I, I think Feld's reasonable. They've added money to the purse. They're trying to work with you guys. Are they perfect? Hell no. They need more nets. They need to, to do more things for you guys. <laughs> but, you know, tell us from your point of view, dealing with Mui and dealing with security and dealing with Feld and being a racer and an owner. Um, you know, I, I always like to look at things, you know, Hey, we got it pretty good over here. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to be had. Yeah, there's a lot of things they could fix. Um, I would say Mui, Pelletier, those guys, like, they listen to us. Yep. Um, they do what they can. And a lot of people think it's like, oh, it's their judgment. And it's like, no, there's other people they got to answer to as well. You know, just like Will's with the, the paddock and John's security guard. It's like, he's, he's like, if he doesn't go do that, then he's going to get in trouble. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. you got to understand. It's like everybody's working for somebody. Um, you know, obviously you got NBC involved and, you know, all the, the, the big corporate sponsors and, you know, throughout the venues. And it's like, so I understand we need regulations for sure. Um, otherwise you're going to have, you know, no offense to Logan. I mean, he's going to be selling shirts and naked girls on it probably, you know, like, <laughs> um, you know, like we can't be having that, like as far as professionalism in the pitch, you know, it's like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be. Uh, a baseline and there's, you know, things have to be orchestrated different. I was talking to Sean Brennan a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. about like, you know, if, if we had a league, you know, more or less with standards and a minimum things you have to abide by, like that would put us in a different level. You know, it's like people want to sell stuff in the pits and it's like, well, yeah, but who's going to govern that? How are we going to get to this? And it's like these, I understand from a team owner standpoint, if I have, you know, say John Schwartz local motorcycle shop wants to give him some money and put a sticker on the bike. It's like, well, that benefits John, but we can't do that as a team because we have a motorcycle shop that sponsors right. the team. Mm -hmm. It is the same thing for Phil. Like, 
you know, they have sponsors and like Dunlop is the premier tire sponsor. You know, they let Pirelli come in the pits, you know, it's like, that's awesome for them that they let them do that, but they could say no. So, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, when you're spending money and you're sponsoring events and, and riders and, you know, those type of things, like you got to have your, you know, exclusiveness to that. And, uh, you know, when it comes to selling stuff, you know, from my understanding, uh, the donut thing, everybody falls back on that with jet. And it's like, you know, from my understanding, they're paying a lot of money for that. Um, you know, and it's like, I don't want to pay the money to sell t-shirts in the pits or, you know, to do contests, to raise money, to do this or that, you know, it's like, I think what we have as an industry, it's pretty much an open book on what we can bring in. And there's no regulation on our sponsors other than I think tobacco and firearms, uh, which I believe is the only ones in the rule book. Um, so if you have anything else other than that, you know, it's, do what you want um as far as bringing them in and this and that so um they could you know have to approve every sponsor all the way through and this and that you know but it's like they don't um so there's a lot of freedom i think we all need to work together and be more professional and, and uh understand that so i think the drama on that side doesn't really help anybody um you know it, it, in the moment it definitely doesn't help anybody maybe long term if something comes out of it good you know we'll see yeah but uh you know, I, I have respect for those guys. At the same time, like every, uh, you know, on Tuesday, there's a team manager call with Feld and, and uh, you know, the team managers, owners, mm -hmm. you know, representatives from MX Sports is even on an AMA guys, uh, you know, and I, you know, I get on there and, you know, just, hey, be, be a part of the operation. You voice your opinion then and see what they can do. They'll update you on other things. And, right. you know, that's, it's what it is, you know, and it's, uh, for me, that's a big step. Um, doing that, you know, I, I tell my guys on the team, uh, you know, if you see a factory team doing something and we're not doing it and it doesn't cost any money, then you need to ask yourself why you're not doing that. Um, so same thing with that, you know, the factory teams go and operate on XYZ. I mean, look at Mitch Payton. I actually, I need to do it this week, but I was going to print out a picture of Mitch Payton's face and tape it all around our pit, you know, like, look at his standard. Is he going to let that fly? Like, right. flip your game up, um, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I think being professional and, uh, you know, marketing and raising your own dollars and having the freedom to do that mm -hmm. is, you know, it's, it's a big value there, but obviously it's not easy. You know, it's, I, I've been a, some of the races in my van by myself with no money in my pocket. Like, I get it. If you can make you know, a few hundred or a thousand dollars, you know, by letting people rev your bike up, you know, that's great for your weekend expenses. But, um, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Um, I think there's, there's ways that those guys could, could help us all out. We could all grow, but I think it, it's going to require yeah. a, like a whole nother team of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mewy told me that straight up one time, he's like, I'm going to have to hire a whole new team of people to do that. And I'm like, well, okay. And he asked me, he's like, you want to do it? <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah, so, yeah. um, you know, I, I think some steps have been taken, um, and they've kind of died out. Obviously, in 2019, uh, Tyler Bowers and some other riders, you know, worked yeah, together I for mean, that the, after the, San Diego, and they're like, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah, there. This has been tried before. There was meetings with Stu and Wyndham and all that back in the day, and then Stanton tried to do something. It's never going to work. Um, the riders are too unorganized, too busy, too busy being uh, athletes to worry about it. But a hundred percent. 100% there needs to be a team association uh, board. Mm -hmm. um, but, again, the factories are like, hey. Like, as I said before, like, Mike Genova and Bubba Pauly have different uh, objectives and desires 
than factory Honda and factory KTM. They're, you know, you, you're trying to make some money and save money and promote things differently. And KTM and Kawasaki and Honda are blowing millions in the name of marketing. You guys have yeah. fundamentally different stances uh, from your, your corners, your sides. Like, they are spending money, millions marketing. You are spending money to, you know, hopefully make some money and race, uh, do something that you love. So how can Mr. Honda and Mr. Kawasaki get together with Mike Genova and Bubba Pauly and agree on anything, really? But, yeah, you know, you look at World Supercross, though. I mean, they're taking teams from different but those backgrounds. But are, those and... are all private teams. None of those are OEM teams. Like, those are all individuals that own those teams, right? Like you, yeah. like Genova. Mm-hmm. Um, so that works. But in our sport, we in NASCAR, there's individual team owners. There's one guy, Childress or, you know, uh, um, whatever, uh, Ganassi. There's one guy that owns teams that they all have the same objective and the same issues and the same problems. In our sport, you know, you guys don't. You just don't. The OEMs don't care about saving money or whatever, you know. They don't have that kind of aspect. Merch, who cares about merch? They have their own monthly a corporation that deals with merch stuff like you know what i'm saying but there does need to be I, yeah. i'm not saying there doesn't the, the, the riders don't need to get together the teams need to get together but unfortunately i don't see it ever happening so yeah and i i think it's i've always more or less kind of a lot of people say oh fell 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 and it's like you know i like the guys from the ama but i personally think it's their more of their responsibility if they're supposed to represent the riders they don't have any problem handing out fines and penalties and stuff and pissing off a factory guy or whatever i mean the chase situation in uh, detroit where he lost those points you know it's like if they would have overturned that for somebody everybody else would have been pissed so it's like you're pissing off somebody either way i mean i believe he was rightfully in the wrong but you know whatever uh, so I, I think it's you know they don't have a problem pissing people off so why don't they step in and say hey if you guys want to do this this is what we need to need to function by, by mm-hmm. you know, and, and this standard. I mean, you look at football, baseball, hockey, whatever. I mean, there's a league standard, you know, those players oh, yeah, have yeah. to go do X, Y, Z. And it's like, why can't we have that here? There's a governing body and all those teams yeah. are owned by X, Y, Z. But so, dude, the AMA, you know, Pelletier's a full-time guy. Uh, the rest mm-hmm. of them are part-time guys. They have jobs during the week and they show up. Like I think Canfield's full-time, but he's full-time MX sports and AMA. Like, there's no – the AMA is a shell, right? Like, there's no giant corporation. And and those other things that you speak about, those leagues you speak about, those are unions, right? Those are massively unions with labor laws and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not not arguing you. I I agree. There needs to be some team organization or rider organization of some point to get together and be like, hey, man, we're not doing that. We're doing this. And and, But – I just don't know how it'll ever happen, Bubba. I, I just, yeah. yeah, like. I mean, AMA you know, is contracted from Feld, right? Is that how that works? Um, yeah, the, well, the, yeah, the agreement. The <laughs> AMA let go of everything outside of Supercross. They, they kept Supercross, and Feld basically uh, has a contract with AMA to run Supercross. But AMA is ultimately in control of Supercross. Motocross and flat track and road racing is all run by different people. You know, yeah. and from what I know, they kept Supercross because it is very profitable. So, um, yeah. So and I just said, you know, if Feld wants to have a different standard or they want to clean those things up, I mean, I would think they would 
you know, think they could work together with the AMA and say, Hey, you guys enforce this. And then, you know, cause like I said, you know, you're going to have a fit with whatever. I mean, I've heard different comments from team yeah. managers about certain things that are happening and it's yeah. like some of the stuff gets done. Some of it doesn't yeah. They get pissed yeah. off and sometimes they're happy, you know, and it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. uh, they want the riders to go win races and score points and everything like that. And right. it's like, you're not always going to get that. So, um, you know, I think over time, between those two parties and, you know, like you said, the AMA, you know, it's not an elaborate, you know, list of employees that are full time there. Like, yeah. I get that. And, yeah. You know, I just do the AMA can't even get live timing right. I'm not sure I would trust them to, uh, <laughs> to, to organize anything. You know what I mean? I mean, I come from I started in 1996 as a mechanic and I have seen the AMA. I like Pelletier. Mike is a really good dude. He's trying hard and, you know, he's he, he, he wants the best for everything. I don't think he has a magic wand to fix everything at the AMA. But uh, I've been around a long time, and I've seen the AMA just make colossal mistake after mistake after mistake, whether it's enforcing the rules, whether it's uh, um, the AMA sports and jam situation, whether it's uh, uh, sanctioning stuff, whether you name it, live timing, you know. Uh, yeah, so I don't trust the AMA. But, again, I like Pelletier. Um, but let yeah. me, let me, let's, boil, let's boil it down to this, Baba. Uh, what's one thing – Feld and AMA, Feld and or AMA could do to help you out. What's one thing you were like, dude? Just just let us do this or whatever. Um, hard to pinpoint one exact thing. Um, the scheduling um, would be a huge huge help. Uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> that would be you know obviously it was unfortunate circumstances, but to go from. Uh, Anaheim to Dallas, Tampa, back to Oakland, yeah. back to Texas or whatever. Like that was huge wear and tear on everybody, mm -hmm. you know, other than, you know, Freddie and John flew into the races that weekend, but the rest of our crew was just like wide open scrambling, you know, with like the rebuilding engine in a parking lot. And, you know, it's like, there's just no time for anything. And legally, you know, I mean, the, the teams with, you know, 18 wheelers and CDL drivers, logbooks and everything. It's like, it's and to get it all the way across country like that, yep. you know, the expenses as well. Um, you know, I think some of that could definitely be fixed. Um, you know, just the, that, that would be a huge lift off the teams. You know, it's like if we, we don't even need a week break if we were to have a, you know, six to eight hour drive between races, but when you're driving 30, 40 hours between races, yep. you know. Yep. It, what would we race 13, 12 weeks in a row before mm -hmm. we stopped? And it was just crisscrossing everywhere. Like, um, you know, I think other than the factory teams, that's, I mean, that's, those are the, yeah. I mean, those guys, it's still a struggle for them. Like yeah, everybody no, always they, looks they, like, they Oh, hire. the grass is green on the other side. Yeah. They're a factory team. It's like, well, they still got to manage logistics. No, they hire, so, they hire two drivers, right? They hire a second driver to make that stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and those guys are busting their ass like all the way through it. It's like, you think it's fun for anybody. It's like, mm -hmm. You know, you go wide open across the country in a semi-truck and, you know, trying to follow every law and this and that and hoping your stuff doesn't break down, you know? I don't care if you're a factory team or privateer in a van. Vehicles break. Like, you know, and yeah. if you got a timeline to get somewhere and your truck shuts off, it's like, you know, it could be brand new and still shut off. It doesn't matter. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's just – that's a big stress on everybody. And, you know, it's, it's hard to go racing like that. Um, so I would say the scheduling would be – and I wouldn't want to be in charge of that either. I know it's I got mad respect for whoever does that because that's a lot of logistics to coordinate. And you know, Feld has what twenty trucks they put on the road. Yeah, probably four million dollars to get to Oakland and back on that yeah. reschedule thing. But it's yeah. like, so they don't want to do it either. 
but uh, you know, I just I think that would be moving forward would mm-hmm. create things easier because you can't buy time. Plain and simple. Like you can buy anything else if we had unlimited money, which we don't. But you can't buy time, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. You you got a good point, right? Absolutely. Um. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for the talk. Appreciate it. I uh, I still can't believe that that injury happened on a washout. <laughs> uh, that's just in phenomenal. Um. You've probably crashed twenty times uh, harder than that and gotten up, right? Um. Uh. Yeah. With it's just nuts. Um. Hopefully you can get back on a bike. Well, you will get on a back on a bike, but hopefully you can get back on the supercross track, you know, and doing all that. So, um, and you may do outdoors. We might see you outdoors with short in some capacity. Yeah, it's uh, potential. I think John's going to go racing regardless. Uh, I think we're going to help him out with bikes and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, at the minimum, I don't know about taking the the RV and stuff out there for him, but yeah, um, we'll see. I got, like I said, I got to get to work on that today. I got some. I got to get to uh, therapy today. Get some work on my <laughs> hand and. Yeah all sorts of stuff and fly out to New York at 7 a.m. tomorrow and get working. So, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, last weekend in Atlanta, 14 hours on Friday, 14 hours on Saturday, uh, at the speedway. So, yeah. um, with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's, uh, it's impressive. Like I said, like from the first time your team's, you know, gaining, um, traction here. Uh, with better riders and better results, and you know, I first started hearing about you and your situation with Carnell back in the when he was doing really well, and 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 yeah, man, it's like it's working. It's a rough road, but it's working. Um, and I want to give our our listeners on the uh, Privateer Island show a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes of the shit that you have to deal with, and now you got your your injury. So um, yeah, man, uh, the best best of luck the rest of the way, and uh, maybe we'll see you this weekend in New York. But thanks for the time, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for everybody listening and uh, honored to be on here. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Baba. Have a good one. See you. See you.